you know, something's off. So you go into doing more and you know, when you're not at your best. So you're constantly in a state of, I need to get back to being my best. And you try, try, try to get back there. (laughs) Right. And as a result, you're doing more um, instead of doing what you really need to do, which is stop to assess you know, what's causing you to not be your best. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with Moms Without Capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. Today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, we have Tara Reinbolt. Welcome to the show, Tara. Thank you for having me, Annie. I appreciate it. So I'm excited for our conversation today. Tara is a life coach that specializes in helping career-driven women rediscover their happiness by overcoming work burnout. She has an extensive human resources background, is a wife and a mother of two, and since leaving her corporate job, Tara has made it her mission to help women take back control and start living life on their terms. Today, we're going to be talking all about overcoming burnout so that you can be your best. So Tara, I'm so glad that you came onto the show. How about I shared a little bit about your bio, but why don't you tell us more about your journey and how you got to be where you are today? Thank you so much for having me on, Ani. So ultimately it all began probably within, I I was in human resources for about eight years. And I want to say about the last four years of my career, things got to be stressful. I always kind of felt like I was, I just had a to-do list a mile long and that no matter what, it would never dwindle down. And I was just never really satisfied. It always felt like if only I get X, Y, and Z done, it's going to be okay. So that was kind of the last four years of my career. And then finally, it kind of hits uh, a crossroads when I was pregnant with my first child. And at that point in time, I started to question things, I guess you could say, instead of going through the motions like I was in a state of burnout, I burnout, I decided to continue to really push forward and not get the help that I really needed. Um, And ultimately what happened was about 20 weeks into my pregnancy, I almost miscarried because uh, 
I was so stressed out at work. I was working a ton of hours at the time. And really, I want to say, I think the last four years of my career, I was working about 80 hours on average every week, which caused me to burn out in several areas due to the fact that I isolated my friends, didn't really talk to them as much, didn't really talk to anyone other than my coworkers that were also all in burnout. (laughs) (laughs) And my husband, I barely saw him. So really the entire time, my life was just centered, my personal life and my career, it was all centered on work. And therefore I knew that something had to change once I hit that crossroads with almost miscarrying. And that is when I actually put my resignation in and my boss, she wouldn't let me resign. She said, no, that's not happening. (laughs) We're going to figure something out. And ultimately we did figure something out. And that's when I realized that after they worked with me on working a lot less hours, taking a few things off my plate, because they're going to have to take things off my plate anyway, because I was going to go on maternity leave. And that's when I realized that the burnout that I was experiencing was more of an addiction to work. I just could not turn it off mentally in any way, shape or form. So after I had my first baby, that's when I decided that ultimately the best decision for me in order to focus on my family, in order to focus on my mental health and to actually be around for my daughter was to leave my job at the time in corporate and to just focus on that piece. So ultimately I focused on healing and it took me about eight months. It took a long time just because I was in such severe burnout for at least four years straight, I would have to say at that point. So it took a while. And that is when things shifted. I actually went back to HR. I did consulting for a while on my own. And I realized that really it wasn't what I was meant to do with my life. It was meant to help me in many ways and moving forward, but it wasn't my purpose. So finally I decided I'm going to go to work and I'm going to try to figure out my purpose And ultimately it kind of hit me smack on the face of, well, wait a minute, you overcame burnout and it took a while, but at the same time, it took you a long, long time of uh, working yourself to death to get you in burnout in the first place. So of course, and ultimately that's when I decided I was going to go into coaching and I was going to help women overcome burnout and you know, ever since my life has changed dramatically, you know, um, my family life is better. My, my career is um, way better than it ever has been. And it all really comes back to the fact that I found my purpose. I found my place in this world and ultimately I'm helping women, you know, do the same. So it's been an exciting journey and, I do not recommend just deciding to quit your job. I will tell you that (laughs) that is one practice that I tell my clients do not do. And we'll get into that. I think more as we discuss burnout, but at the time it was really the best decision for me. But again, I, you know, disclaimer, I do not recommend that. (laughs) 
<laughs> so let's take back, let's take a step back and see like, well, what is burnout and and like, what are the signs of it? Well, I, and that might be two different questions, but like, I feel like they're intertwined. Absolutely. Well, ultimately burnout is defined as a state of emotional, mental, and physical exhaustion created by prolonged stress. So the difference I would have to say between stress and burnout is stress is typically it's temporary. It doesn't last. Like I mentioned, I was in burnout for four years and it, it was due to the fact that I was in a stressful environment consistently. And I was never taking myself out of it. I was never taking the time to correct the stress that I was experiencing. So ultimately it's interesting because another definition is a burnout is defined as a fire that is totally destructive of something. And (laughs) I can state firsthand that is the fact, but the issue that leads to your next question is how can you tell if you're in burnout is most people don't recognize that they're in it until they meet that second definition, which they feel like they're in such a state of hopelessness, helplessness from the excessive stress that they've been in from work that ultimately their life is kind of blowing up in their face. And that's why most of the work that I do is I try to create that awareness on the front end because it doesn't have to get to that point. You don't ever want it to get to that point because you hear a lot of other experts and they say, oh, well, how did you get into this work? Did you end up in an emergency room? (laughs) So so, um, they don't think of the prevention. Exactly. And that's why uh, I'm so glad that you asked me the question of, you know, how do you, how do you know that you're in burnout? And ultimately, A, I can tell you that most people know something's off. I guess that's one thing to look out for. If you feel like something's off and you're not feeling at your best, you're feeling discontent, then I would invite you to look more into that because odds are you're feeling a lot. There's a lot more to it. So I'll go through some of the big ones. I would have to say, you feel like your circumstances are out of your control. If you feel like that, or if you feel like your circumstances are dictating your decisions. So for example, when I was in a work burnout, everything revolved around work. And I felt like it all led back to, I have no choice. I have to do this. These are the decisions that I have to make due to the career that I chose and due to the job that I have. Mm -hmm. So whether your listeners are in the corporate setting or if they're owning their own business or if they're moms and they're stay-at-home moms, ultimately this can go for each and every one of them. If they feel like their decisions are centered around something specific, such as the kids, for example, or caretaking, um, then that is definitely a sign that you're in burnout. If you feel like you really have no control. So it sounds um, like the feelings of trap entrapment. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And you just feel like you're constantly justifying your decisions to those around you. I have to, because I have to, because of this. And the reality of it is, is you don't have to, but your mind is telling you that you do. And, you know, within your work, you probably see this all the time. Um, so another thing is, is you really can't remember the last time you were truly happy. If someone were to ask you, well, what are your hobbies? You wouldn't have any because it's been so long since you've done anything for yourself. Uh, that's another indicator that you're in burnout. I would have to say also that you're easily frustrated. You're easily annoyed. Um, that means that something's obviously under the surface going on. Um, you've lost your confidence. That's another one. Um, and a lot of times too, you're second guessing your decision-making you need help from others. Yeah, exactly. You, you need help from others and you almost just to solidify the decision that you make. You think I'm making a good decision because you're just, you've come to a point where you're not sure about yourself. You're not sure about your decision-making because you've lost your confidence. Right. Ultimately. Um, and then another indicator too, that a lot of times we gloss over is that things just take us a lot longer to complete than they used to. You know, I, I remember at the end of my burnout, um, an email that should have taken five minutes would take me a good solid 25 minutes. And it was because of the perfectionism that started to develop because I was second guessing myself because of the shaken confidence. Um, so it's kind of, as you see in your work, one thing leads to another that leads to another. So those are some of your big ones. I mean, I could go on and uh, at the end of this, I'll give you our listeners, or you can put it in the show notes, a burnout checklist, just because there's different, there's four different phases of burnout, um, that I could get into if you wanted to, wanted sure. me to. Yeah. And I think you mentioned, um, in your own story, a, a sign of burnout that you started noticing was the isolation. Like Absolutely. when you were pulling back from the support network that you've created or that's existed, but you were not using them because you felt more alone that you just had to do more. I think that's a lot of things like, you know, a lot of the listeners and people in the Moms That Capes community are, are super moms. Like we're like, do it all, do more, do yeah. more. And I feel that when we are experiencing burnout, like the first thing that we do is like, okay, it's on me. Like, what else can I do to fix this, to make things feel so that they're not off? Like right. we look for an answer of, of what we can do in order to, and sometimes the answer is to stop doing it all, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you felt like you quit your job, like, and you were probably at that point where that seemed to be the only solution, the only viable solution, because you were feeling like that entrapment. And you knew that if you were to step away from that career, the job as heartbreaking as it is, because you went, you went to school for it. Like you have had so much experience. So that is by far, like probably one of the hardest things that you could do then yeah. and stepping back 
and realizing like that that was what needed to happen in order for you to see things from a different perspective. You know, you hit on something that I think is really important too for the listeners to hear, which essentially is, you know, something's off. So you go into doing more and you know, when you're not at your best. So you're constantly in a state of, I need to get back to being my best. And you try, try, try to get back there. (laughs) Right. And as a result, you're doing more um, instead of doing what you really need to do, which is stop to assess, you know, what's causing you to not be your best. Right. Right. So what are some, what are some of the, I want to get into those four yeah. The four, it wasn't stages. What did you just say? The four, the four stages of okay, burnout. The, stages, the four stages of burnout. I want to get into that, but what are some, before we get into that, what are some misconceptions of burn, about burnout? Well, interestingly, when we just, you just touched on the fact that you do more, right? Um, what happens when people know that they're in a state of stress and they, they go into fix it mode, essentially. So ultimately the three, you know, areas or pitfalls that I see people doing all the time is one, they try to get their time back. Everybody wants more time, right? And they want to become more effective. They want to become more efficient. So the first place that they go to is all of your time management um, strategies. So they typically will create a plan centered around that. And oftentimes what will happen is they will say, okay, well, this, I've heard this really works. I'm going to try it. But the thing is, is typically, huh? They pick and choose and think that it's in the organization itself. Exactly. But the problem that they run into is that that tactic may work, but yet they find themselves not using it. So there's the inconsistencies there and it only causes them to get more frustrated. And then they blame it on the tactic. Oh, well, that's not working. So I need to move on to the next. Mm -hmm. And they pretty much, they go through their laundry list of strategies and they find that they don't work how they want them to. But the issue which we'll get into in a minute is truly them. They're not actually using the tactics that they want to use. And the second thing they do is they go into self-care and self-care is amazing. Just like time management tactics are amazing, but the issue is they also find themselves in the same space of not being consistent it necessarily not being natural for them and their personality. And so then they blame it on the, the tactic again. So they're not using them in the way that they should be, or it's just doesn't make sense for them. So those are the two areas I see. And what people, what happens is they just go through one strategy after strategy, after strategy, and none of them work. And then the third is they kind of get fed up and then they start to go into what's wrong and they blame everybody else. They blame their job. Oh, it's just, I have a demanding job. Oh, it's just the company culture. 
this is what's expected at the company that I work in. Or they go into the misconceptions of everybody works the same amount of hours that I do. And in order to, to escape this, I'm going to have to leave the company that I'm at. Mm -hmm. So then you see them just completely getting out of that circumstance is what happens. So they, you'll see them either job hop quite a bit, or you'll see them just find different solutions that are not going to work. Like if you're in your own business, it might be different strategy after strategy after strategy, or I'm going to get a different business coach and a different business coach. And they don't work. So they find themselves chasing their tails essentially. Because they're still in that state of burnout. Like they haven't dealt with exactly. They haven't, they haven't gone through the um the first part in overcoming burnout is really a understanding where you're at in burnout and having that awareness. And they haven't figured that out yet. So they're in chase mode, trying to get back to being their best selves, trying to be happy and nothing's working because they don't know a, that they're burned out or B, they don't know, um, the cause, which essentially it all goes back to them. They're the ones that are not using the strategies and strategies and tactics are amazing. But you have to know, you have to, you have to A, understand. use them. Yeah. Yeah. You got to use them for them to work. And then B, you have to pick strategies and tactics that actually make sense for you because we're all different. Right. We know that there is power in building strong habits in your life, but sometimes making them stick can be the tricky part. Habits are at the core of creating a life where you feel fulfilled and able to be your best self. Learn how to transform your health, your life, and yourself by downloading my free guide, Building Strong Habits. The link to grab your guide is in the show notes of today's episode. Right, so what are those stages of overcoming burnout? So the first stage of overcoming burnout is self-awareness. You have to realize where you're at. in the process essentially. So most people, just like we talked about, they just think they're stressed out, everything. They kind of go into blame mode. Like we talked about, Oh, it's my job. Oh, it's court this, you know, corporate America. Oh, it's the company culture. And so they're not aware that it's really them. So that's the, the first piece. You have to admit that you yourself and I are the culprit. Right. Right. It's our own expectations. and Exactly. And there's, and then two, they have to commit. So after they've realized that, Hey, it's me, I'm the one that is causing myself to work endlessly and things are not working and it, and it all goes back to me. Once they have that self-awareness, it's then important for them to commit to the process of changing. And that really requires for them to have a shift in perspective and being open to taking a look in the mirror and seeing, you know, how did I get here essentially, you know, and then too, when you're 
committing to the process, it's really crucial, um, which is really the third step is identifying what are the consequences? If I were to continue this, what are the consequences for me going down this path? Because you have short-term consequences, you have long-term consequences. I mean, they actually did a study with Indeed this past year, and they attributed 120,000 deaths to workplace stress. Wow. And it's a lot. Yeah. And then they also, they calculated the healthcare costs that are associated with workplace stress and it's 190 billion. So moral of the story is (laughs) you have to see what are the long-term consequences? You know, for me, I had to sit there and write, okay, I'm, I'm continuously eating fast food. Okay. What is that going to do short-term? Oh, I'm going to gain weight long-term. It could lead to all kinds of health, health all sorts of yeah. things. Right. So I had to look at the short-term and I had to look at the long-term consequences. Short-term, my husband and I don't get along long-term I'm in a divorce. Mm-hmm. So they can be these small, these small decisions that we make while we're in burnout can lead to long-term consequences that are really big life-changing things that we don't want to experience. So being able to, to look that in the mirror and say, okay, if I don't change today, this is, this could be where I end up. And that's part of the process of, of, making the full commitment is, is seeing if I don't, this is what it's going to cost me. And then after that, you're able to kind of shift into, well, why am I here? So you're identifying what are the behaviors that got me here? And this is where I like to tell people that ultimately, you know, a lot of times it, it centered around your people pleasing and it's centered around procrastination. It's settled around your perfectionism. And over time, essentially when you're doing the same behavior over and over again, you're creating habits as you know, in your line of work Mm -hmm. and you're going on autopilot. So if your husband says, I just need you to stop work at five o'clock, but yeah, you've been working until seven for the last three years of your life, for example, you're now on autopilot. So as much as you want to stop, you're going to follow the same actions that you've followed for the last three years, right. and even probably before then, right. That led you to that space. I mean, I would even put an alarm. I even, I tried a lot of different tactics to get myself to go home. Mm -hmm. And then I would find myself looking back and thinking, I did the same thing over and over and over again, regardless of all of these tactics of all of these, you know, right. Of all of these precautions that I tried to put in there, but ultimately you're on autopilot. So you have to figure out what are the behaviors What are the habits that got you there? Mm -hmm. And then we focus on breaking those habits ultimately. Mm -hmm. So that's ultimately step number four is breaking those habits. And then ultimately after you have broken free of those habits and you replace them with, because essentially 
you're, as you know, when you're rewiring your brain, you're rewiring it to take the action that you want and it's overriding the old and, and, and then now you're following the new. So ultimately what you're doing is you're just creating new habits and out with the old and with the new. Yeah. So that's ultimately the next step in the process is starting to create the habits that you want. So if you, if you want to go home at five, or if you want to go upstairs, if you're an entrepreneur and you work from home or whatever it may be that your audience does, then you, you create the new habit. So, and then ultimately it leads you to gaining back and taking back control of your life. So that's how you overcome burnout. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for that because I, you know, you're talking a lot about like what happened with you and it it was very job related. And a Mm -hmm. lot of the listeners may not have, you know, it may not be related to burn or to a specific job. It may be like just in motherhood itself, like feeling Mm -hmm. those same symptoms or those same signs that you mentioned in the beginning of this interview. And it's not that they can just quit being mm-hmm. a mom, right? Yeah, they but just can't, right? <laughs> those states, right? Like they, you can't just step away. I mean, you can create those little breaks. And like you said, like that, you know, I think you said the second misconception is like just trying self-care, like just adding that and thinking that that was going to be your answer. And we talk a lot about that, about like incorporating and implementing some self-care practices and taking that break that like you, you may really need, but that you're refusing to take. So mm-hmm. In, you know, in addition to, you know, looking at your time and looking at your, you know, what, what practices do you already have in place that are maybe preventing you from seeing that different perspective? These are things that moms can do. Moms can go through those four stages. I mean, through journaling, through talking, through, you know, using their support system to gain awareness and mm-hmm. to start taking those steps and seeing, you know, what is, how did they get to be where they are right now? Like what, what behaviors, what, like you said, looking in the mirror and seeing like, what can they control? Because there are so many things that we can't control, but at the same time, there are things in every situation that you can control and really, you know, taking a good hard look at them and seeing yes. like what, what is it about this when everything feels like it's spiraling out of control and you feel like you are at the complete end of your rope mm-hmm. and that there's there, like, you feel that trapped, like you need to step back in order to see what it is that you can control. And what about, what about your situation or what about yourself can change so that you can right. start taking those steps. So those, sta- those stages are definitely could be applicable mm-hmm. to not just job burnout, but yeah. to burn out and what are some other things like, and I, I know this isn't one of the questions that I had, <laughs> that we prepared it's all good. For, go for it. <laughs> but aside from job burnout, like I think of like mom burnout because I myself have experienced that, like where I'm like, okay, I just need to, to get away. Like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. What are some other situations or what are some other areas in life that you have found in your own research or like working with, with people, what have you found are other areas where we can experience burnout? Oh gosh. You know, really, I say too much of anything kind of leads to burnout. Mm -hmm. So when you're caregiving for, let's say your parents or for a loved one, 
your whole world is kind of centered around the care of that individual. So same goes for your kids. So you find mothers getting into burnout all the time also. Um, So you have your caregivers, you have your mothers, you have professions uh, such as school teachers. There's a lot of burnout in that field. There's a lot of burnout in the healthcare field. So ultimately when your, when your world is kind of tied to helping others, I would have to say that's the common denominator because so often we, as humans, we naturally want to a help people And then B, we want people to approve of us. We want people to like us and nobody likes rejection. Nobody likes criticism. Nobody likes those things, right? So typically that's when our brains go into, well, you have to do this in order for this person to like you. So you see a lot of moms too, even after the kids go to school, they start getting into, I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to be really active in my kids schooling. And then what happens is a, they want to help. That's what's driving them to begin with. But then B, once they start helping, they want to do a good job. So ultimately the same thing, whether you're in work burnout or if you're in mom burnout, or if you're taking care of someone, you really have one goal, right? And that goal propels you to take actions to meet it. So you want to be the best mom in the PTA or whatever it may be. And because of that, you find yourself in this doing mode. You find this self taking on more responsibility. You find yourself taking or making sure that everything looks good before you present it. Maybe, you know, your kids are in school and you're the treasurer or whatever it may be. Right. right? You know, you've probably, you've heard it with all of your clients. Yes. And, um, but what happens is that people pleasing Mm -hmm. at, um, turns I have so that please so that people won't think that I'm not qualified people won't think that I'm incompetent you know people will think highly of me I'll still be invited to all of these things right Mm -hmm. so the same behaviors whether you're in mom burnout or you're in work burnout they all kind of lead back to the same thing does that make sense so it really can be applied universally. So ultimately the way to overcome burnout can be applied universally as well. You just have to get to the root of it. And we're talking about moms here. I see a lot of moms, they feel like they have to do it all on their own and they don't ask for help. And part of that's not people pleasing per se, but wanting to be able to achieve everything on their own. And Sometimes it's, it's seemed or deemed as a weakness to ask for help, right. but that can be another behavior that gets you into burnout is this refusal to ask anyone for help or to even just say, Hey, dad, husband, ex-husband, whoever, and I need you guys to be helpful here. I need you guys to take the kids 
We need to get on a schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the things that was definitely a problem behavior for me. So, and as you know, Ani, these behaviors, a lot of times they're developed when we're kids. Yes. And, and then we just keep, we they just perpetuate. keep, they keep perpetuating our, our entire life. life. Yeah. Right. Like if I'm going to admit it, I mean, I've always been a people pleaser. I've always had this unwillingness to ever ask anyone mm-hmm. for help, right. you know, and it all goes back to, you know, gosh, you, you hear so many therapists say this, but, um, you know, everybody has to come to this conclusion on their own, but, um, it all kind of comes back to, I want to feel enough and I want to prove that I am enough. And so in order to do that, I am going to do all of these things. All of it myself. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So that, that's, uh, in a a long nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) So Tara, what is, what is your favorite way to, or your go-to way to refuel and recharge? I would absolutely have to say journaling because in so many ways, it kind of, it sent me down the, the rabbit hole in the journey of working on myself. And then also it really just helps me cope with the day-to-day because even as you know, after you've worked on yourself and you get to a good place, you still, no matter what, we're humans, we're always going to have things that come up for us. Mm -hmm. We're always going to make a bigger deal out of things than they need to be at times, like no matter what. So I find that journaling, it really helps me mentally. And then it always puts me into a direction of like, okay, here's where I need to go. And sometimes you just need to vent it out. Sometimes you, you know, so that's definitely my go-to from a mind perspective, from a body perspective. I love running, okay. which, um, a lot of people are like, you're crazy, but <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm trying to get back into it. <laughs> Good. It's so fun. I just, you know, I find myself like even being like hurt, like the other day hurt my foot and I'm still like trying to run because just Mm -hmm. it feels so good. But everyone else is like, what in the world you're running hurt. And it's like, you have no idea what it does for me in general. I just got to. (laughs) (laughs) So we talk a lot about books in our group and about, um, like personal development and self-growth. And so I'm curious what book, if any, might even be hard to pick just one, what book have you found has greatly impacted your life? One book that I would have to say is the power of habit, why we do what we do in life and in business, because Ultimately, I think there's a lot of things as as humans, as we talked about that we think we're right about, but then it's, it's good to, to figure out, are we, or are we not? And that is a a really good book to kind of dive into, to see into, to, um, you know, to get that curiosity. I, I was so curious about all of the things and then diving into that book, it had science back behind it, but it also had some really good stories. So it has a lot of gold to it. I would have to say. All right. So where can listeners find you? 
Listeners can find me. The easiest way I would have to say is through Facebook. I'm under Tara Reinbolt. So that's where I interact the most. Also, I interact on LinkedIn quite a bit. And my website is burnouttobless.com. But instead of the two T-O, it's actually the number two. So burnout (laughs) number two, (laughs) bless.com. Yep. So those are the areas that you can find me. But I I also have a podcast. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) What am I talking about? I always forget that Thank you for, for dropping that in there. I have a podcast and it's called the burnout to blessed podcast. And you can check out all of Tara's links in the show notes of today's episode. Tara, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad that you're here to share your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me as always. It's so fun to get together with you. So thank you. The mission of Moms Without Capes is to empower super moms, moms who don't make time for themselves because they are so busy taking care of everyone and everything else. My goal is to help you get comfortable with hanging up your cape. You might be holding on tight to your cape, tying your worth to your to-do list, packing your schedule and running the kids all over town, sacrificing or postponing your own passions, neglecting your health, and at the end of the day, falling into bed exhausted and already worrying about what needs to get done tomorrow. Sound familiar? This was me for about a decade. The guilt, the shame, the resentment, the overwhelm, the exhaustion. I struggled to put myself on my to-do list, and when I did, I was last on the list, and rarely did I feel up to doing anything that would make me feel good. So my health, my mood, and my family suffered because of it. I started with the doing part because I am an action taker. And so I began implementing small acts of self-care into my days. Being intentional about doing one small thing each day that was just for me. Then I began doing the internal work, the mindset shifts, the self-discovery, and the self-building that helped me truly love myself. Before then, I struggled with low self-esteem, lacked confidence, and was constantly criticizing myself. I had limited boundaries, which led me to saying yes, even when I meant no. I learned how to identify what I wanted and needed, and then got good at communicating what I needed and wanted. I started dealing with the perfectionism that ruled my life, and... I started practicing self-compassion. Maybe you are struggling with many of these same issues and you recognize yourself in what I just shared. If so, I invite you to sign up for a discovery call with me. I get it. I can help you let go of that super mom cape and not only find the woman hiding underneath, but fall in love with her. You do not have to do this alone. I want to help you. In the show notes of today's episode, you will find the link to my calendar. Let's talk about what's going on for you and see if working together would make sense on your journey to discovering and loving yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days.
Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.